So sometimes like I feel bad But a lot of the times Like I'm just living my life In America And I yeah, do forget right. Like just how tough things Were back home But right. it's always um, Like a reset button For me When I like sit And really think Where I'm from Alright Thank you for joining us For another episode Of season two Of Between Two, two Taps, taps. Where we're featuring students, educators, and all of the likes here on Between Two Taps. Today we are joined by J. Jan Green. What's going on, man? It's the other way around, bro. Jan J. <laughs> Honestly, I knew that I would mess it up, and I've messed it up on just about every episode. So, Do you even write it down? Uh, I think I have him as J. Jan Green in my phone, so we're going to have to go ahead and change that. <laughs> Does that even sound right, bro? Uh, but but uh, So you go by J, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us here today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah. I know we uh, we sat down and talked a little bit yesterday at, at length about some other things that you're working on, some of your endeavors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be the podcast that you're looking to maybe start, spoiler, spoiler alert, and uh, maybe some other endeavors. So, Jay, from what I know about you, you're a pretty inspired and dedicated individual, so I can't wait to dive into what's behind you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with this, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you're doing here at Galvanize, and how you made it over. Kind of get the basics out of the way, and then we'll, we'll move forward. All right. Got you. Um, so just like a, a general synopsis, um, I'm from Liberia. I'm from West Africa. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> for uh, people who don't know where that is, it's uh, on the coast of West Africa right next to Sierra Leone. And, uh, yeah, next to Sierra Leone. Um, but, yeah, I migrated here at, at eight years old, uh, roughly, like, 16, 17 years ago. Um, it's a war-torn country. Like, it's historically always been a war-torn country. So that was the reason for us relocating to the United States. Um, obviously, to look for better opportunities because that's everybody's, like, dream back mm-hmm. home. Um, yeah, I moved here. Uh, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina the first couple years. I went to elementary school. I went to middle school. And then um, freshman year of high school, I moved to Minnesota. And um, that's where I kind of started to learn about myself. Right. Yeah. And um, I picked up, I used to do music in high school. I was really popular for music. And that's kind of what my identity was. But then, you know, uh, African parents don't really see no future in music. <laughs> right. There's a lot of parents, not yeah. just African parents. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel you on that. Particularly African parents. <laughs> like, it sounds ridiculous if your mom asks you, so what do you want to be? And you tell her, I want to be a rapper. In the African household, you might get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not necessarily where you want to be on the streets. Now, I got uh, a quick quick question for you. Uh-huh. So how you mentioned that it was kind of, it's a war-torn country, and it's always sort of been like that. Mm-hmm. Now, were you at an age where you were old enough to understand what was going on before you moved, or were you kind of younger and you moved uh, to, to the U.S. early on and you kind of were told about this later on? Or was it something that you just grew up in it, so it was just kind of normal? Nah, um... I was young. I was like, I was roughly like six, seven years old, but I knew it was chaos. Like, right. I mean, that's old enough to understand what's going on in the world. Yeah. There were some graphic things happening around me and like a lot of close calls concerning my life and my family's life. So, you know, I, I couldn't really like comprehend everything but i knew like it was chaos wasn't right. safe yeah yeah and but that was also you know like you, that was kind of the norm you right know? so it's what you grew up yeah, in so it wasn't yeah. like you didn't know anything different yeah well you know there were there were still good times because you know uh, my father like back in liberia there's there are parts of liberia that look like parts of the united states oh really yeah they're 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 very civil areas and um you know very uh innovative areas and stuff like that and my father working in the government um so i kind of got access to that world too oh so you knew both yeah so i i knew both i knew both but still though for the uh for the most part though it was chaos. chaos yeah right it was chaos now you also mentioned that you know 
sort of alluded to the fact about moving to the U.S., how that's kind of the dream, right? People look forward to doing that. Oh, yeah. Now, is that... I mean, I feel like that's um, a theme that comes across from all countries. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that the U.S. is necessarily safer, better, ahead of anybody. But now, is that like a universally kind of thought? Is that a universal thought over there? Like, a lot of people want to move to the U.S. for that reason? Or is, I mean... Was that just your family? No, one hundred percent, bro. Like everybody wanted so to. So everybody come to knows, <laughs> man. Everybody wanted to come to America. Like back home, we look at America like, like El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> For real, dude. Like we looked at, cause I mean, you people who are from Africa, and you know, they come here and they make it to certain levels in life. And, you know, when they tell their story, dude, they'll tell you, like, it's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't been there just how, uh, like, difficult things are in certain areas of Liberia. But, like, a comparison, is, like, even the, the hoods and the ghettos in America, like, that that's no comparison to, like, you know, it's these like civil some of these, yeah, compared to those rural areas back in Liberia. You're talking about no electricity for miles you're talking about no hot water it's like people in the middle of the night like people have to walk sometimes miles to you know go draw water in buckets yeah and 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 bring it back and then uh and then warm it up over like uh, a wooden homemade stove and then that's how people took baths like so yeah, bro. It, so it was. It's a. It's everybody's dream to come to America, and that's. It's. It was. It was more so when I came, like back then, because things was really hard. But like things are kind of improving now. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of uh, foreign entities are investing in the country and improving things. But still, everybody. A lot of people still want to come to America to this day because like things are things are pretty tough back in Liberia. Now, you might not know the answer to this, but when you did come to the United States, was it difficult for your family as far as gaining access to get to the United States? Or was uh, it pretty easy? No, it was it's it's hard. It's hard cuz you got everybody wanting to migrate. So, their the process of, you know, who gets to come and who doesn't, like it's pretty um yeah, bro. It's, Arduous. It's pretty, yeah, exactly. Whatever that word means. Hard. <laughs> uh, involved. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, once we were uh, selected, privileged enough to be selected. And like I said, my father worked in the government. So yeah. that kind of helped. Uh, that's my next question. Is yeah. With we, your father working for the government, did that help the process? Yeah. yeah. So we were kind of like political refugees, so to speak. But things are so disorganized over there that you know you can get to a certain point in the process where even that doesn't matter because they can't even find like records of who you are right you know so um yeah being selected it's it's tough but and then once you are selected it's like you had to spend like a couple months in this camp with like a bunch of other random people that are waiting to come to the United mm-hmm. States. Now, e- are, did they also get selected? Is this a camp with all the selected people? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got all the selected people, you know, in the camp for sometimes is you know two weeks, and sometimes it's like two months, you know. Um, and then you're really just in this camp waiting. Yeah, you're you're in this camp waiting, but it, it's with the u.s government involved obviously the living conditions in these camps are they're they're cool yeah yeah man it's this is the most eye-opening beginning that we've ever had to one of these honestly uh you know there's so much to unpack here because you obviously have a different idea of safe and a different idea of what's taken for granted so you know i i i i think we all here take it everything we have for granted i I take for granted that i'm sitting here at this table right i mean there's some people in other countries that would die just to be able to order food from uh you know and have somebody make it and and not even that you know just to have running water in their house and i think that we could sit here and say we take things for granted but you actually have seen what we take for granted 100 percent. but and i'd love to sit here and say like you know i'm i that image is in my head on a daily basis but you know i too have 
integrated and you know sometimes i forget like how privileged i am you know mm-hmm. after assimilating like i'm i'm basically an american now like right, for as long yeah. you know i've yep. been a part of the culture i i'm used to walking in my my, my place and turn on the switch there's light there's running you know so yeah, yeah everything you think about these things. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. I, I still do sometimes because i still have family back there you know so sometimes i um what is it called like a guilt a guilty Guil- uh, yeah guilty conscience yeah but there's like another word like when you make it out and then like your friends or family don't make it out and then yeah, yeah. but anyway so yeah so sometimes like i feel bad but a lot of the times like i'm just living my life in america and i yeah, do forget right. like just how tough things are back home but right it's always um like a reset button for me when i like sit and really think where i'm from it put things in perspective for me totally kind of gets me back focused because things could be a whole lot worse for me yeah dang dude that's amazing it's crazy. Now you're here at Galvanize. Survivor's guilt. That's what it's called. <laughs> survivor's guilt. Yeah, survivor's guilt. And, and, and you guilt. know, the unfortunate thing is that we can't help everybody in life, and not everybody can always win, and not everybody can be, Not you know, everybody gets that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, y- you could feel guilty about it, but it is what it is. And right. if you, you sit and dwell on that guilt, I mean, there's a good chance that it's not going to change the outcome of anything. So yeah. it's yeah. important that, you know, you kind of just keep moving forward. And I mean, yeah. I think that's exactly what you've done just by, you know, I know you're sitting here yeah. at Galvanize with me right now. That tells me that you've obviously moved on and put all the, you know, a lot of steps in place in your life to get to where you're at now. And I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, on some level, you got to feel pretty lucky that you had the opportunity to come your Oh, way. Yeah. yeah. It, it would be a disrespect and it would be a spit in the face to all the people that want to come here. Yeah. if i was just walking around sad in america yeah. you know like right. yeah. it wouldn't like that's not how it's supposed to go but at the same time it's important for me to remember like you know the people that i left behind like i'm talking about blood family my older brother is still back home you know oh, wow. my my grandmother is still back home so these are real f- and sometimes like i go months without talking to these people because like i mean life you still got to hustle on this side too and yeah. you know there's still problems that you deal with it's, it's a different kind of it's problems yeah. but you know so sometimes i get caught up in my own work so i'm very appreciative and grateful that i was one of the people that were selected to come to america yeah. but at the same time like yeah i, I always got to remember the people that i left back home and um help them as much as i can i sent money back home to help my brother Every now and then, my grandmother, you know, I do what I can. Right. Yeah. Looking out for your family. I wonder yeah. how that process goes that your brother wasn't able to come. He wasn't able to come? Or what's, what's crazy is he actually was supposed to come, but he was living a pretty good life because, like I said, you know, my dad, so he he didn't want to come. He didn't want to come. He did not want to wow. come, bro. He didn't. And it's it was crazy. My mom, like, everybody tried to talk to him. He was like, he's he's fine he liked to and of course everything came crashing down yeah and, you know he he suffered for a long time but yeah he was on the list to come he was at the camp and then at like the last minute him and my mom kind of got into an argument and, and he, he said, said no he didn't want, and up to this day obviously that's the biggest regret in his life yeah it's Damn. insane that he had it right there you right know there. and you just yeah. And he was and the for whatever oldest, reason. so it's like you know it would have benefited all of us. And he, he experienced that distress for the longest time out of any of you. So you'd think that he'd be more ready to. But that's move what I'm on. saying. Though he was he was living a pretty decent life, you know, like you know, because of the situation my dad was in, and he spent more time in my dad's world than in my mom's. I was always with my mom, like, and I would occasionally be at my dad, but he was with my dad. So he all was the more time. in that political yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, and he was living a pretty decent life i would imagine working for the government it's pretty pretty good oh man i mean is the separation pretty pretty wide he's he's roughly like five years older than me right i mean so i mean the the separation in living so if you're if you're living with a a political family are your living conditions significantly better than say a normal for the most part yeah it's it's night and day you know like you got political figures that you know they live pretty great lives because if you're you know if you have a major role in the government and there's also a lot of corruption uh, that, too, that was my next question you know, is there a lot of corruption yeah, over there's there? also a lot of corruption so these these guys like they make a lot of money like under the table so they yeah. live 
those are the people that if you ask anybody from Liberia, like who who enjoys the country, it's the politicians and the athletes and like the business individuals. Right. Everybody else, yeah, it's, it's not the uh, the upper gifted. Now, qu- quick question about you know. <laughs> We talk about how there's different challenges back where you live, so Liberia, and you know, obviously, you came to Minnesota first. And I don't think we've even touched on that, but mm-hmm. it was Minnesota, correct? I, I, well, the first, first the first state that I touched that I saw was Chicago. That's okay. like ah. we stopped in Chicago, and I got to see like real skyscrapers for the yeah. first time, <laughs> and snow and stuff. Probably but blew it your was mind. yeah, it was just for a brief time and then we we came straight to minnesota but i didn't spend that much time in minnesota because my mom's sisters were in minnesota so Mm -hmm. that's where we came but then she had another sister in charlotte north carolina that had like a more stable situation right so you know my mom felt it was best to kind of send me over there so when i first came i spent like a week in minnesota then i was i was off to charlotte awesome okay so so knowing that you eventually made it all the way here to arizona and you eventually enrolled yourself in a web development coding program. Man. So I feel like <laughs> ten years ago you would have never thought you would have never thought that this could one be possible yeah. or two that you'd ever make the decision to do this. Now my we'll we'll get into the coding and everything. I just think that you have such a I guess interesting background. It's just different, unique. The problems you deal dealt with there, right? Those are problems. But now that you're gone, like we mentioned, you can't totally dwell on them right you can Mm -hmm. do what you can to help send some money back stay in touch Mm -hmm. um and all that but now you face new problems and Mm -hmm. one of those problems is actually you know working at school doing homework Mm -hmm. figuring out how to code Mm -hmm. it's difficult and i know that we we spoke about it yesterday you know is so you're you're dealing with new problems now and, Mm -hmm. and have you taken that on i mean do you understand that yeah, the problems may not be as dire, but now there is a new set of circumstances that you have to, to deal with. You have to make a living. You have to go to school or whatever. Does, does that make sense to you? It does. 100%. I would be foolish to be, you know, not focused on my, my situation at hand, you know, because that's what's going to determine my future, you know. And like you said, yeah, it's, it's a whole new set of problems. Like, I'm with, with the galvanized situation, like, this is my first time in this world, you know? So there's a ton of problems that, you know, automatically come with that, let alone like the actual challenge of learning the skill. Like, so yeah, tons of problems. And, you know, once you, with coding, you, it's like you gotta devote almost your entire life to it for a period of time. Like with Gal, like the schedule um, for the immersive program is like from nine in the morning to like 10 at night. So you can't really work. You know, yeah. so that's a problem within itself. Like, right. you, you know, how you food. Yeah. yeah, how you gonna eat? Transportation. So, what what like, brought you into coding? Like, what man attracted bro, you? Or nothing attracted me to coding. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> nothing, dog. It was just I was in a situation where um, I had I had gotten into some trouble that you know really um, affected my uh employment like status and ability like as far as what type of companies i could work for so i I worked a few odd jobs like the past like two years you know just to kind of make ends meet and i was just sick of that you know i always had my side hustles but you know i'm the type of person that I, i i require security so i always kept a job and with coding um, a friend of mine brought it to my attention and i was like that's a concrete skill and for the most part i know i'll always be able to get a job and it's pretty well paying you know and that's and then being in arizona and then galvanized being like as accredited as they are like that's those are the factors that uh, went into my decision. So but maybe it was never like, man, I want a cold. Hell no. <laughs> so opposed to a lot, you know, a couple of our clients, not clients, I'm in the wrong mindset, a couple of our guests, you know, they said awesome. that they were, you know, into coding as kids, right? They yeah. were, you know, 
doing video games as kids, wondering yeah. how they could code, and they, you know, just followed their passion. It sounds like you're actually into coding because it's a job. You have to. It's a way to make ends meet. It's a way to um, keep progressing your life, and it's something you have to do. And I, you know, I think I respect it all the same. It's it's a different reason, but it, the fact of the matter is, you're still here with all the other students, progressing towards generally a similar goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's huge, man. And even if you're not there for the same reason as everybody else, you're mm-hmm. there and you're doing it. And, I, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit proud of you, bro. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, dude, it's, it's amazing. Just to, like we said earlier, coding's crazy. Man, coding ain't no yeah. joke. Coding, yeah, I mean, you look at the screen no on, joke, on some of these guys. and It looks like gibberish. It looks like gibberish, yeah. Like it you just ran like your fingers gibberish. across the keyboard. And it looked like Well, gibberish. Bryce, what I don't understand is how they use words, numbers, letters, and characters to actually visually form something you know like how they can make a text like a not even a text box they can make a green box with a red circle in it just by typing in some letters yeah you know that that blows my mind and that's why it's called a language you know right yeah because you do something on one end and then it comes out interpreted as something else on the other Mm. end you know and there's a lot of things that go along with that language (laughs) man but yeah, man. Um, even though, like I said, it wasn't something that I like grew up wanting to do or whatever, but I do know how valuable of a skill that is right. in this day and age. Though coding yeah. is that's up and, there. and moving forward, it's it's never going to go away. It's always oh, going to be it's just gonna, bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's only going to get. Gonna hold it's value. only going to get bigger. Yeah. Like it's been uh, uh, progressing mostly from the West Coast, obviously with Silicon yeah. Valley over there, but now Arizona is becoming a tech hub, and it's just going to continue booming. I feel as if, you know, you're in that very difficult phase right now of mm-hmm. learning that language. And as we all know, learning a new language is not easy. And it's, you know, you could sit here and pretend like you enjoy it totally and say, oh, yeah, I absolutely love do that. going I to school. I hate that shit. Exactly. <laughs> but you don't beat around the bush, which I appreciate because yeah. you say it is difficult. I don't really want to sit here and do this all the time. And I think that's important, man, because anything you do in life, you have to go through that hard phase. Yeah. For me, audio, there was a phase where it was very much of a struggle. I didn't understand it. I didn't want to sit and learn about it 24-7. But I got past that, and now I'm so happy because <laughs> it comes to second nature, to right? Too. Yeah. That's a tough skill right. to learn. Right. So did you mess with coding on the internet before you came to galvanize it all? No, no. bro. <laughs> no. They didn't have internet in Liberia, man. And your, your cohort hasn't started yet, right? No. You start in January? I start in January. Oh. I'm in the preparation phase. Oh, you're which, just at the beginning. Which I'm looking to <laughs> even stretch a little longer because I'm like, I need more preparation, bro. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning stuff now i'm comprehending what i'm doing you know which i'm starting to see some progress and my confidence is growing Make some connections yeah yeah he's down there chilling with all the students so yeah he's got he's got great resources down there and in in other students and, and instructors yeah and i'm just glad that for the most part people are open because i'm not shy to just hey a stranger walk i'm like bro can you come here right quick bro? <laughs> yeah right i'm like i'm like bro what is this bro yeah, can, can you give me a quick insight on yeah, this i don't bro. know what yeah, that thing bro. is so yeah I what do is that, that character <laughs> exactly exactly but like i said luckily everybody's been pretty open to helping yeah, me cool. so i'm grateful good stuff man well well let's take it back uh, a little bit now you and i had a good conversation yesterday for a, a great few hours and it was honestly yeah. pretty inspiring and uh, you know we started out funnily enough by talking about saunas and yeah. uh, steam rooms and stuff <laughs> yeah. and and i'll bring it full circle but so you're you're a fan of the sauna huh man i love and it bro i need one in my crib <laughs> same i think we all do yeah um but tell me a little bit about you know how that plays a, a part in your life and your routine and why that's important um man it's it's extremely important for me because a it's a way of kind of keeping some balance in my life because I have a lot on my plate and I have a lot of pressure and um, I'm somebody that I deal with like anxiety and I go through phases of depression and those things but I also know it's like my responsibility to uh, put myself in a position to perform as best as possible in life you know so you know working out and then like once I discovered the sauna and the steam and it just feels good it feels yeah. Re- yeah it feels it's like aside re- from the actual you know yeah hissy bissy it actually just feels great it feels <laughs> it fe- yeah hissy bissy yeah. I, like, I made that up just now i like that i like that <laughs> I made that up very much so <laughs> yeah it just it feels good you spend you know 
10-15 minutes in there it's like a soft tissue massage almost like you leave there <laughs> you can feel like you're not as tense like yeah. really and i sweat a lot like so i'll be in there and i'll be sweating bro and people be looking at me i'm like shit <laughs> yeah but i love it i love it. it's part of my daily routine and you even remember yesterday i wasn't feeling well like i was no. i was yeah. really yeah i had a very high fever i was sick and you know even though i'm, I'm still you know to to a small degree you know sick but I, I went in the sauna this morning for like 30 minutes i feel so much better you know what i mean it's crazy that you know there's certain little things that help each person and maybe don't help others and then you know that's the thing but you know what i wanted to piggyback off that um too was kind of routines right mm -hmm. and how in life routines are so amanda <laughs> amanda's trying to pod can you a marble pod please bonus? oh yeah <laughs> have you a marble please yeah yeah Oh, okay. Amanda just tried to pod. We're, we're all getting interrupted like, now. Y'all just coming <laughs> up with new terms on the fly, bro. Hizzy, busy, pod. So we come up with new words almost every podcast. The reason I Absolutely. wanted to bring that up, you know, to piggyback off of that, routines are huge, you know, and I can yeah. tell that it's a big part of your life. And I feel as if, you know, especially I deal with a little bit of anxiety as well. I feel like routines help alleviate some of that. And when you know that there's something you can depend on always being there, or at least depend on, you know, doing, I think that that gets your mind off other things. Yeah, you know, totally for sure. Sense. So, you know, I think routines are huge because you, you, I'm a believer of getting a lot of small wins that, you know, add up to one big win, like we were speaking about yesterday. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what a routine is. There's lots of little things that might go into your routine, whether it be, you know, brushing your teeth or go, you know, working out. But yeah. all those little inputs eventually equal a large, you know, product. Yeah. And without all results. those little things, yeah. mm -hmm. you don't get that. Yeah. Um, so it's just, uh, I, I think it's... I think it's overlooked how important and effective having a good routine can be. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, but I also know it's it's about the individual. Like, for me, besides um, the health benefits that come with a routine, like working out, and I'm not no, like, I'm not swole. I ain't no big old bodybuilder. Like, I ain't in there, like, trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, you ain't as bony as me, bro. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you know, but I'm in there, you know, doing yeah. just enough to, you yeah. know, feel good. And, but it, it, it works for me. It gives me structure in my life. Like, if I wake up and I go through my, no matter what's going on, I know at least I can put myself in a pretty decent state yeah. to take on the day. That's what right. works for me. Routines, some people don't like routines because they see it as, oh, they don't want to their days to be predictable. You know what I mean? And they have other ways of finding structures in their life. Like, they still might work out and do stuff like that, but do it random. Do it when they right. feel like yeah, it. When it know? feels yeah, good. When it, yeah. yeah. There's no, like, certain time where they, just, you know, go. Yep. I have to because or else... I'll talk myself out of it, you yeah. know. I'll be like, two months later, you yeah. haven't been to the gym in you know, exactly, two months. exactly. Yeah, you so. just got to do it instead of just thinking, no, do I want to go? Do exactly, go? exactly. So that's why I force myself to have a routine. You don't want to be like me. I got my gym membership back a couple months ago. I've been twice. <laughs> Not even kidding you. I've been twice, and I, you know, I got it. Did four, you go to your ago. free personal training session? No, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that they give. I didn't go to mine neither. One of my uh, buddies did the free personal training session, and he like they injured him. They oh, like sent, yeah, they sent him through like some. They, I don't know. I, I think where I, I'm not going to name the place I go, but I don't think they have as great personal trainers as some of the higher up places. Yeah, well, some of those, a lot of those chains. Yeah. And you all know who they are. Yeah. Your yeah. U fits. Yeah. Your yeah. <laughs> a lot of those guys are underskilled for their positions. Right. Yeah. And that's why they're not working at Mountainside or LA. But or you got to kind of use some common sense. If you look at your personal trainer, he's in worse shape than you. Yeah. That, might not, flags, that might not be the guy yeah. to, to be, yeah, exactly. be spotting. Yeah. If he's not in shape himself yeah. or herself. Yeah. You might want to rethink that. Then you might want to reconsider. Shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I want to ask you a little bit about homelessness. Mm -hmm. I know this is something that you actually specifically asked me to bring up. So yeah. um, why don't you kind of lead the charge on, on your thoughts and maybe why you wanted me to bring this up? Um, homelessness to me is, is, is like it's a problem that like we all share. And like you don't have to necessarily be homeless yourself. That's not what I'm saying to. But the fact that, you know 
being in America, we live in the wealthiest country, you know, in the world by far, you know, and we we spend money and individually and uh, institutionally and the government spent money on so many things. Sometimes it's not necessary, but yet we have so many people that are homeless, like homeless. And I just that just doesn't sit right with me. That just doesn't sound right. That just doesn't. It's not. It's unhumane that that's a normal thing. And a lot of you know, I know everybody's responsible for their own life. This is an individualistic culture. I understand that. But at the same time, like a lot of homeless people, they they have like serious mental health issues, and they've been through like crazy traumas that have landed. They got crazy handicaps that like prevent them from being able to embed themselves i'm not saying like it's a problem that can can be alleviated overnight but i think it should be more effort and resources placed into rehabilitating homeless people into society and um i don't it's not like i was ever homeless and that's why it means it's just uh, just innately it just doesn't make sense it just does, yeah just innately yeah. it doesn't make like i mean i've been i've been homeless but i always had somewhere to stay yeah, like I you know to crash yeah on. yeah i always you know we bounced around like in high school like and it, i was only homeless because i ran away from home you know right. what I mean? <laughs> yeah by your own yeah you, you put yeah. that on yourself I, literally you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but for people who don't have a choice do you know how hot it gets in arizona in the summer hot hot 120 122 yeah my first summer here i was outside one time for like an hour and i promise you i still got the tan line on right. my arm <laughs> so to think that people are forced to sleep in that condition that's yeah. crazy as a, as a country that's as crazy. a whole in, in my opinion we waste a lot of money that could be directed in a different way yeah i agree i agree so that's just something that you know that's just a, my, a personal issue that i have with society like i don't necessarily got the answers but i I definitely um you know want to elevate myself to a position where i'll be able to help with that uh problem right and and and, you know i agree there's uh like you said we're such a prosper quote-unquote prospering and we have our issues too but a prospering nation you think that we we could set some things in place to you know alleviate these problems and the one I will I will give a counter to that now I feel like there's a good amount of homeless people that you know obviously the perfect storm of crap hit them and yeah. you know they just are where they are now and they can't do anything about it and then I also think that there's a group of homeless people that even if you gave them the opportunity to come back they would abuse it or they would um, not be deserving of it. Maybe they already had those opportunities and they were very aware of them and, and threw them out the door. So I think I agree with you. I think we need to do something. I think we need to figure out how we can you know, help. But I think we also need to understand that there's people that are beyond help and there's people that won't accept help. And there's yeah. people that even if you do give them help, it's not going to do them any good. So yeah. I'd like to see how we could you know, help these people but also um, make it effective and make sure that we're not wasting our time yeah. on someone who doesn't give a shit. You oh, know? I, I completely, yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. It's definitely a spectrum, you know, like you definitely do have some people that are just too far gone, you know, and even if you help them, like they'll end up in the, the same situation. But then you got some, some, genuinely you know good people who if they could get a little bit of help they would be willing to put in the effort to you know stand on their own too and so you know that's for the most part those are the people that i'm you know like there'll never be a perfect world you can't do nothing about everybody but those type of people like you know what i mean people who might have like went through like a horrible divorce or something and then you know lose everything you know somebody that was hard working and come back from the military and something exactly and that's another thing i never understood it's like veterans a lot of homeless people are veterans like how is it that a large percentage of the people who have the least in this country are the people that fought for this country right i thought it was a bunch of benefits in place to take care of yeah that. that's what i've always thought too is that yeah. i mean you were in the military you fought for the country shouldn't there be some uh, shouldn't they take financial care of you? things in right. place that yeah. right yeah. Like, but i'm yeah. not saying they should make you a millionaire or billionaire nah. but they should make it so you can at least live 
Dude, I th- I thought that was the case, but yeah. what do the cardboard sign say? It said, I'm a veteran. Please help. Like, over and over and over and over again. So I kind of put two and two together. I'm like, that don't make no sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a slippery, slipperly, it's a slippery slope. And, um, you know, I think if you put in the steps to help people maybe it would be a thing where like you set something up where people that really want to get out of their situation can go and, and start getting that help and i'd imagine the people that don't care won't even take the time exactly. to go. Exactly. so it's like yeah. you know if maybe if we put something in place where people have the option to the people that really are going to make use of it will come on their own and then the people that are just long gone just yeah. won't, won't that, deal with it anyway that's the answer yeah. to your problem yeah. right yeah. there yeah because yeah, there's there's a group of people I don't know if it's large or small or medium or whatever, but of, of the homeless population that just don't care and just don't mind being homeless and don't want to work and don't want to put in any effort and that kind of stuff. But like we just That's said, true. like we just said, um, for those that want to, that, you know, had a bad situation happen to them that want to better themselves, if, if there could be opportunity for them, that would be tremendous. Yeah. I and, agree. you know, I'm looking at a graph right now of total people experiencing homelessness. Is this and nationally or locally? Yeah, nationally. It has each one. And it has this little slider where you can go back to 2010 and every year uh, in between. So right now in 2000, well, 2017 was when it was taken. Mm-hmm. Arizona has 8,947. Um, California has 134,000 homeless bro. people. That's and then crazy. the next one closest to that would be... 134,000, man. Sheesh. And then New oh York is God. the next highest at 89,000, which that's a small place to have that many people. It's, yeah, it's totally bad. Yeah. It's bad in New so, York. But, but you don't want to be homeless in New York. <laughs> it's bad. He, hear me out, though. If you go back... So uh, to say again, Arizona, 8,947 today. If you go back to 2010, we had 13,700. Oh, so, so it's gotten better? I'm wondering. So I was under the impression it's getting worse. It looks like it's getting a little bit better, but here's the flip side. California's seen an increase by about 10K. So maybe those people are just going from hot as hell Arizona to, to be California. homeless in California. Yeah, that could be. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's definitely a problem, but the statistics are just interesting and to look you, at. I bet you those those numbers are pretty, pretty downplayed because... I bet you there's really a lot knows. more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, think you, can, than, I don't yeah. think you can get an accurate yeah, number. Yeah, you can't really uh, get a, yeah. I think those numbers are lower than the actual numbers, but even those are staggering. It's crazy, man. All right. I don't know what you guys think on this topic, but, you know, we're at the time of year with New Year's coming around. For everybody listening, we're uh, recording this on December 12th. We're at that time of year where everybody you speak to says, hey, I got this resolution. Hey, I got, you know, I want to do this. Hey, I want to do this on the new year. I want to do this, 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 and that. I'm curious to know both your guys' takes on New Year's resolutions and um, where you stand on them. And then and I'll go ahead and give you my take. I think, I think the majority of those that set New Year's resolutions don't accomplish them. I think, I think they start off with good intention. Um... But I think they quickly fall back into doing what they were doing before, right. or not doing before. Whether right. whatever your New Year's resolution was, right. was it to stop doing something, start doing something? You know, I think the majority refer or result. Eighty percent of New Year's resolutions fail by February. Yeah, statistics. Yeah, but I think if I think. If you set a New Year's resolution and you can make it for the first two, three months, I think there's a better chance of falling through with it. But like that stat just said, by February, 80% of just... I think it's part of that dopamine high you get when you say you're going to accomplish something. It's like, you know, you say you're going to do this and then maybe you post about it online and everybody says, oh, that's amazing, you're going to lose this weight. You almost feel like by them saying... That's amazing. You're going to lose this weight that you already accomplished your yeah. goal. People are already pay- praising you for yeah. what you say you're going to do, do, not what you're actually doing. Yeah. And I think it's that's part of it. You know, if you get that feedback, you know, what is there left but to, you know, be in it for yourself. And I think a lot of people have trouble just doing things for themselves these days. They want to please others or, you know. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's a meme that goes around, like, every New Year's. <laughs> and it's this guy... And he's like rolling his eyes to the back of his head. And he's like, 
oh lord here go this new year new me bullshit <laughs> and dude and that's true like personally i don't really pay <laughs> real talk it's funny I'm, i don't really pay attention when or care when people say say those that stuff say oh you know set new year's resolution because you know i'll see if you know you follow through like i'll see and if you don't shit that's on you like yeah. it has nothing right. i don't care i really i don't yeah, care it doesn't yeah. affect me it doesn't affect me yeah. so it's like you can lie to yourself if you want that's cool whatever works for you you know and i think to go with your point like yeah people do it you know just to kind of get some attention and you know people do it some people actually intend to but they just fail out of lack of discipline some people see it through and but you don't gotta wait till december 31st yeah to, you know turn your life around That's what I'm saying. or to eliminate a bad habit or to you can decide at any given time any you given decide, time yeah, yeah july yeah, that, yeah that's third. what that's what kills me about i'll use this one because i think a lot of people do it get in shape everybody says oh i'll wait till new year's oh why not do it in december or november well i got thanksgiving i gotta prepare myself yeah well so i know there's something about literally a new year starting it might yeah. be spiritual for some people it might be i know that there's something about that really is a fresh start but you gotta really like live that you gotta really believe that yeah. and then see it through you know yeah. you, the, the few who do like there's nothing wrong with starting the new year so it's like all right i'm gonna set the tone this is a whole new year and you know see it through but for the most part I think people just be capping. Yeah. Right, man. And, 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 you know, here's my take on it. I I have a, a client that does a lot of, like, self-help stuff. And I've, I've done, uh, you know, lots of podcasts for him and uh, a few audio books. And one of the things that he talks about all the time is, um, you know, how he wants to crush all year long. And I actually, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I've kind of adopted that. Like, we should be crushing year all, all year round. And, and Bryce, you're so right. Like, why can't you just start now? Why can't? Why do you have to wait till the yeah. new year? And I think it's for a few reasons. I think, one, people want to give themselves that time to mentally prepare um, yeah. for, you know, whether they think it's going yeah. to be um, boring, hard, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And then I think also people... I think we all do this thing where we're like, we'll do it tomorrow, and then we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, and then tomorrow and comes it, tomorrow. And, then and tomorrow it makes you tomorrow. feel good, right? It makes you feel good. It says, like, you know, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not giving up on myself, but, you know, I'm going to do it, and, and then you don't. Yeah. And, and I think at the time, you know, when you say I'll start tomorrow, it makes you feel good for a second. Um, but but you're not crushing all year long, and I think people just need to crush all year long, and I think that's huge. And I think if people were to that, do that, they could create those new routines and habits. Yeah, and that, well, that's how, in my opinion, that's how it has to work. You have to crush it. You know, you can't just say, okay, I'm gonna get in shape, go to the gym, you know, sit on the bike for a little bit, get a protein shake, and then leave. I mean, you actually have to have a plan in place, whether it's hire a personal trainer or get on the internet and find workouts that work. Do you think it's important to have goals? Oh, totally. 100%. I mean, going through life without a goal, is you're just going through the motion. Right. In I my, mean, you might think you have something to yeah. work towards, but until you yeah. actually define it, like we said two weeks ago, um, or right. two episodes ago, until you define that goal, yeah. you might not ever reach that because yeah. it's not in set in stone. Yeah, and goals, mm-hmm. can, goals can change as you reach for them. They Which can is be, fine. They can be adjusted. They can be modified. Yeah. But I, I think you need to have goals in place and goals is that's a tricky thing because like i feel like that word has like come to be overused so people don't really understand like the importance of like goals like if you're gonna set goal you it's like you have to assess yourself your strengths and your weaknesses be honest with yourself you got to assess your current situation and then you got to really figure out who you want to be and where you want to be in a certain time period and then define your goals and set hard uh deadlines yeah you know that's when i feel like goals are most effective but i feel like people just throw the word goals around and you know don't really like understand how important that is to give yourself some like direction and purpose 
Because it's so easy to just like do whatever, you know, on any given day. Whatever the day brings, yeah. that's what you do. Especially depending on what kind of environment you're in, too. Yeah. And I think one thing that you said that I want to uh, bring notice to, because I think it's really important, is you have to set a timeline. You can't just say, I want to get in shape. You have to say, okay, I want to lose X number of pounds or gain X number of pounds by, you know, March or April or something like that. You can't just say, I'm going to get in shape this year. Mm -hmm. Because then that sets, that's not really setting a goal because then you can wake up on January 15th and you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's where I, I think a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to do this. But, and not every goal needs a timeline. I mean, if you say I'm going to, you know, stop being negative. And I, right, that's pretty You can't abstract. put a timeline to that. Yeah. That's pretty abstract. But if you say you're going to get in shape, you know, you need to put a timeline on it to where you're hitting small goals before you hit the big goal. But even with something like I'm going to stop being negative, you st- you have to define what that means in real right. life. Right. I mean, that's that's very overall yeah, big picture. It's like what I, say, negative. Yeah. yeah you got to say like, you gotta stop be real. doing if, this. If, if, if you're like, if it's because you're a pessimistic person, you got to be like, all right, you know, you got to intentionally leave your house and be constantly, all right, today, I'm not going to say nothing pessimistic, yeah. you know, and hold yourself accountable yeah. and then do that day in and day out. Set so that's, intention. yeah, that's still, a, you know, a tangible way to carry out that goal, even though there's no deadline. But you still have to, like, define what that means to yeah. you. Like, I think that's it. People's goals are vague and abstract. And right. They're it, too broad. It, it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of goals that are set are too broad. Yeah, I mean you got to narrow not, that shit down. But and and shit, I'm not speaking like like that stuff's hard. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. like setting real goals and following through on it, like it's not it's harder easy. than hard, man. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not easy because most goals are multi-stepped. Like there's a lot that goes into accomplishing this one single goal. So that's a lot of effort, a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and you gotta hold yourself accountable. And exactly. That's, that's tough, but. That's the way to go. Yeah, if you're going to set a goal, like you said, you have to make it difficult. It can't be easy. But, you know, like we just said, you have to have a bunch of little goals to get to that big goal. You have goal. to be able to feel like you're achieving something. Yeah, yeah. like you said, yeah. the small you gotta, wins. Yeah, you got you to gotta put a process to it. You can't just yeah. give it overall, yeah. I'm going to do this. You have to say how you're going to do it. You have to define how you're going to do gonna it. I'm going to make six figures. Well, okay, that's yeah. fine, but awesome. there's a lot that yeah. goes into that, yeah. you know? Break it down. Yeah, it doesn't just happen. You don't start. That's why, like, a lot of people believe in the power of writing things down. Like, yeah. Because yeah. that's one way to, exactly. Yeah, that's one way to hold yourself This notebook yeah. helps yeah. me so much, and man. It's, it's, it's one way to kind of navigate that goal and, and break it. it down. Yeah, and see it. And yeah. then if you're visiting that goal every day, you're more likely to carry that goal out. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's about three or four things today that I I wrote down on my daily list in my my notebook here uh, to do, and they're such they're easy things. They're like just getting things in place for my trip that I'm going on. Uh, as easy as just texting somebody and asking a simple question. Yeah. But honestly, I felt like that was I had so much to do. I, oh, I have to get ready. I have to talk to all these people. But until I actually wrote it down this morning and saw it was only two little simple steps that yeah. I had to do you know and st- stared it right in the face it, it seems so much more and I, I totally agree man like when you write those goals down it is huge even totally. if it's a daily yes. goal if it's a weekly goal if it's a quarterly goal whatever it is it writing is. it down and seeing it stare you straight in the face every day is like yeah that's what's going to help you yeah. you do it it's, well it's and also when you write it down out. you have to refer to it you have to go back to it you can't just write it down on a piece of paper or a book and never open the book or put the piece of paper in a drawer. Yeah. You always have to revisit what you wrote down and what you're working towards. Yeah, yeah. Because it's easy to get caught up in your habits. It's easy yeah. to get caught up in your every. If I pulled out, if I was to show you my, like, gold book, you would see gaps in between goals, <laughs> like, months, like, that I didn't visit. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so easy to get, like, just side caught track. up. Yeah, yeah, to get sidetracked that are caught up in your everyday life. Yeah. But, like, I think people experience results when they really do write it down, break it down, and visit it on a daily basis. Yep. Yep. Like, I believe experts even say that, you know, the manifestation of your goals are the chances of you achieving them are a lot higher if you do it that way if you see it every day you know so yeah. you, know, you know what's uh, great about what you said is 
you said that if I, you know, my goal book, if you were to look at it, there would be huge gaps. And I think that's 100, 100% all right. Yeah. And, and this yeah. is why, you know, to use a word that we all just love so much in the tech industry, you can pivot, right? Like if I yeah. have a goal and I feel as if I'm not going to reach it or I want to change my goal or I want to start focusing on something else, as long as I have a good reason to do so, I'm totally allowed to pivot and pick yeah. this goal back up yeah. in a year. Yeah. And that's totally fine as long as you are not just giving up altogether. You're not saying, right. okay, I'm pushing this goal out of the way for a year so that I can fuck around on you know, computer games. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that you, know, you put the goals there and if you don't you know, complete them, that's fine, but just explain to yourself yeah. why you're not completing yeah. well, And that's I another agree. thing I want to say is if you set a goal and you set your process to get that goal, and there's a bump in the process. That doesn't mean, I mean, failing is okay. Mm. Yeah, you know, I agree. And, and if, if, you're, if you miss one of those steps or one of those steps doesn't work out like you should, it, don't give up on your goal. Find out a way to correct what happened and continue on. Exactly. And, you know, I think it just depends on how bad you want that goal. You know, I, it, if you want it that bad, and you had it planned out a certain way and an unforeseen circumstance comes that hinders your progress like if it means that much to you you'll find an alternative way yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll figure it out exactly. man. It's, it's just that simple and yeah. sometimes it's okay if if you set that goal and then like major things change in your life and you like all right i don't want to do that anymore it's okay to pivot but the point is have a goal be working towards something like yeah and girls like goals bro <laughs> <laughs> i ain't gonna front like but yeah and they another <laughs> important thing to me is you have to do it for you you can't do yeah. it for somebody else yeah that's true like because you want me to do this i'll do it that's girls, true girls still do like goals they do, they do though literally they do. bro they they they'll tell you like you ain't gotta be rich you ain't gotta be you know but you gotta at you least gotta be, be working, working towards, towards something yeah, something, yeah i mean you know? what woman wants to be with a guy that just wants to sit around and do nothing i mean they want to they want to be with somebody who's going somewhere at the very least yeah. and like you said and if not for them you got to do it for yourself yeah like exactly because it's a lose lose if you don't if you don't yeah shit well crazy crazy conversation um i don't think that i ever expected to start an, a podcast like we did uh, you, your backstory, awesome your yeah. backstory is just inspiring. It's man. incredible, I mean, yeah, bro, and we barely scratched the surface. I know man. we did. Yeah. I know we did, and, yeah. and you know, just to hear about how, you, where you come from, and what the the living conditions were like, and what you've been through, and yeah. then and where you are now. Just, yeah, man, and, man even if crazy. you're struggling, even if you're having trouble with the coding and, and school's hard man like i definitely urge you to keep doing what you're doing because i could tell you've got the right head on your shoulders Thank and you. as long as you yeah. just keep that mindset i feel like your most difficult tasks um can be accomplished and i know coding's hard man but uh just keep it up i feel like you got this and uh i, I there's no one more deserving from what i've heard than you yeah, and i hope amazing, you can bring man. this to your family i yeah. appreciate it man it's appreciate amazing. it and yeah bro i'm gonna keep I'm gonna figure it out. Like I said, if I gotta ask everybody that's walking by for Thank help, you. like I'm gonna figure it out, and because that's my goal right and now. You figured out life thus far, so yeah, yeah you're just you gonna know. keep doing yeah. that, man. And I need that situation to fund my creative endeavors. That's really right. what it's, yeah. it is for me. You know, we talked about earlier how it's not necessarily my passion; it's a stream of income for me because I got other things that I want to do, and I know this is a secured stream of income that can allow me to do the things yeah. that I really want to do. Yeah. And it's important that you see that and you see the bridge to where you're getting. Jay, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. We'll see thank you next you guys, time. Man. Thank you all for having me on. We out. <laughs>